Hello and welcome, Culture Vultures, to... Wait, 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 wait. What are you doing? The intro. Isn't that the cult... Thing? Those are my lines. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start again. Right, okay. Thank you, Andrew, for taking the time to join me on... Dude, 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 dude. That's the .NET Core podcast. It is? Okay, okay, okay. All right, third time's a charm. <clears throat> All right, and welcome to Tabs and Space. Did you even think about what you just said? <laughs> Was that an attempt at an Australian accent? Do you even remember the intro? Well, no. I edit that many things. I can't remember anything anymore. Okay, okay. I've, I've, I've got it now. One more try? Okay, go for it. You got this, Squidge. Play the sodding music, podcaster man. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay, and you've just heard a giggle of one of the other hosts, Squidgy. I'm joined by Squidgy again. How are you, Squidgy? Really? See, it, it's because we've been away for a while. I forgot. Mm. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, well, I'm okay. I mean, I've got a bit of a mustache growing, but I mean, other than that, I'm not quite at the Freddie Mercury stage yet. No. But maybe by the time this episode drops, it might be. No, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But less well, Freddie Mercury and more like Your Samity Sam. Glory I could do a Your Samity Sam. I did yeah, a Your Samity Sam. Just have it, you know. <sighs> have it move when you talk. Okay, right. Never dare a fool. That's what I will say to you. What, you don't think I was in- intending on doing that? Fair enough. I mean, mm. yeah, okay. But we're not just sitting here talking to ourselves whilst I'm in an echoey uh, room of echoness. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Anyway, we've got with us... <laughs> I, can see, I can see him laughing already, but laughing as they... What the heck am I doing it's, here? It's it's screaming like, inside is what you're That's hearing. it, yeah. I've agreed to do this again is what it is. Anyway, so we are joined again by Andrew Dreamcast Years, multiple podcast man, editor-in-chief for Lost in Cult, Dickinson. How are you, my friend? Hello. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm back again. Yeah, again. I didn't know you changed your name. I, well, uh, yeah. I, I thought, you know, I'd just add loads of middle names like that, and it would just yeah. make me sound more important. Um, I've got it on my passport and everything. You know, it's just, it's just how I roll. That's um, important. Are they are they in the inverted commas with hyphens between them? Uh, I'll go with yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I think you missed. Not? I think you missed a trick. You should have put Esquire at the end. Oh, yeah, that's gives true. it that regal touch. Yeah, that's yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, and then obviously you, your uh, all of your accreditations from your degree as well. So you know, the <laughs> all BA or BS or I don't know. <laughs> All of those one accreditations, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> one accreditation is greater than no accreditation, That's right? True. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. 
<laughs> Excellent. So, well, what I'm going to say, Andrew, it's, it's fantastic to have you back. Um, and it, it, it has genuinely been a while. And mm. I am genu- genuinely, uh, it is gen- yeah, yeah wait, 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 try that again. <laughs> mm. It has been a while. And uh, I am genuinely excited to have you back on the show because you're an amazing person, Andrew. I've just got to say it. Oh, thank you. I've always liked coming back because you guys are amazing too. So uh, oh, happy to be here. It does feel like a long time. Like the last one we recorded, was that the Resident Evil Apocalypse pod- podcast that we did? So actually, that was the last one released. The last one we recorded was uh, the little bit that we did for uh, the beginning of 2020. Ah, yes, I do Actually, remember. Actually, no. No, the oh, last thing no. we were on. Oh, it was um, oh, Dreamcast yes. years, wasn't it? Yes. DC yeah, episode. That's right. Yes, uh, and I made myself episode. sound like a psychopath. Uh, what do you mean? I mean? Make yourself sound like? Yeah, you are. All right, I, I inflicted my psychopath nature on a different audience. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Absolutely, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> what I will say is, obviously, this is. I think this is your sixth appearance on this show. So, are you ready to take over yet, or not? I'm getting there. I, I, I need some more time to save up some more money to get a new passport where I add, like, you know, like, editor-in-chief of Waffling Tailors or whatever that title will be when I take over. Uh, if, you know. if you want to edit this audio, save me a job. Go for it. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, now, now you're regretting your decision. No, you see, you? you're showing your ignorance there, Squish. The editor-in-chief doesn't do the editing. The editor-in-chief barks at other people to get the editing done, Right. For the for, for the most part, I guess I, I've done a lot of editing so far as editor in chief. I tell you that <laughs> a lot of long hours have gone into editing. But yeah, I guess I guess that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, may, maybe when we've got some more people on board, maybe then I can bark more orders at them. Yeah, yeah. Then you can sit there with a cigar in your mouth, going, "Give me more pictures of Spider Man." Right. <laughs> that's that's my that was my plan all along. Um, I've got the cigars <laughs> waiting. For that and the suits, I'm going for the mustaches. I'm just going to the whole thing. The whole That's thing. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you can back orders, and I just won't listen to you. You've changed the name of your house to Daily Bugle. You've got it all sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Master plan. <laughs> it's when he finds out that his other half is actually Spider-Man. That's going to be the problem. <laughs> I, I can picture that. Actually, I can imagine him being that. That would uh, that would that would make a lot of things make a lot of sense. Actually. <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness so we've hinted at a lot of stuff there um and since you were last on we'll talk about what we've been playing in a moment but mm-hmm. since you were last on there's a, a whole bunch of positive things have, have, have happened and mm-hmm. it's been wonderful there's dreamcast i'll let you talk about it but the things that i know about are dreamcast years two is uh the, the book is uh is, is on on the you know, it's it's making its way to production ready, I believe. There's uh, Lost in Cult has started. You've been given the role of editor-in-chief and you've launched the book, the first volume. Uh, there's the cult cast. There's the lovely beard you've got going on. I'm sure there's loads more that's happening. What, what else is happening, Andrew? Oh, goodness. I mean, that's to be honest, that's the that's most of it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dreamcast Year 2 is still on the way. Uh, it has taken a lot longer to do than I thought. I finished the zine, so we did the DCY zine, which was part of the campaign. And I was like, right, I've, I need to I need to, and want to finish something. And the book is such a big beast. And I was like, okay, let's, let's finish the zine. Um, and originally that was going to be like a 30-page zine and it was going to be not rushed, but, you know, it would be probably not as much going into it as the book. And then in the end, I was like, okay, well, I want this and I want this. 
And then the page count kind of went up and up and we ended up with like 48 pages instead of 30. I was like, right, okay. So I've added 18 pages to this and then I ended up doing loads of stuff. So it ended up taking quite a while to do, but I'm really pleased with it. And uh, the book itself is taking a little bit longer because working full time and trying to write and collate everybody else's work is tough. So of course I took on the role of editor in chief for a completely (laughs) different publication to make that job much harder for myself. Of course. Um, (laughs) As anyone would. Uh, but it was one of those where like, so I, you know, I was just, I've known John for a little while and, uh, he was asking me for advice about Kickstarter and stuff, uh, when he did the original Kickstarter. So I kind of gave him some advice and some help and was kind of like, you know, all throughout the whole process, giving him like tips and advice and stuff. And then it came to the end of the Kickstarter and it went into production. And, uh, I think at, at some point or another, he was like, you know, you're helping quite a lot. Like I'm asking you a lot of questions. Do you want like an actual role? Cause I had already, I'd written a piece for, uh, for lock on, of course, that's kind of how I got involved originally as I was writing a retrospective for silent hill. And then he was like, okay, well, we could make you technical director and you can kind of help with all of the Kickstarter side of things and all of the, you know, the technical aspects. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. I I mean, I've been doing that anyway, pretty much. So yeah, I'll do that. And then, and then probably not even two weeks later, I'd, I'd probably been talking to him every single day at that point and like doing loads and loads of work and stuff for it. And he was like, how would you feel if we just made you editor in chief? And I was like, sure <laughs> sure that's, that's good so i couldn't really pass up that opportunity i was like okay yeah i will uh i will do that so yeah it kind of just it, it landed in my lap as it were and uh, i wasn't looking for it as such but i was like i can't pass up like having seen what lock on it was like at that point i was like yeah i can't pass up uh the ability to to take on a bigger role in this thing so yeah uh so i did that and then as part of that, as you said, kind of got into the cult cast. So we launched a whole digital side to Lost in Cult, which is our steady account, um, which includes the cult cast. And then we got you guys involved, of course, because uh, Squidge does our editing, as we alluded to in the skit at the beginning. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. There's a lot, a lot going on, a huge amount going on. And of course, I've still got the Dreamcast Years podcast that you guys came on as well. So. Yeah, um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think I do anything else. Actually, I think I think that's it. That's that's all my day. I don't eat. I don't shower. I don't sleep. It's just all. I just I just do that the whole time. That's that's my uh, twenty four hours a day. You're just integrated with that chair. You don't move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's not wearing a shirt. He's yeah. taking some oh, yeah. yeah. and just drawing yeah. the logo. I mean, I that's that's going to be a, a joke a that doesn't work for the listeners. Here. But <laughs> yeah. Well, it it just goes to show how do you get anything done? Give it to someone who's already busy. And to be honest, when 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 I saw the thing on Twitter, you you saying editor in chief, I thought I'll give it a week, maybe two, and then suddenly, oh, we're doing a podcast. Knew it. Called it. <laughs> Called it. You just can't help yourself, can you? I, I really can't. I can't. I can't help it. I wasn't even meant to do it. It was just like I'll I'll let somebody else do it. And then in the end, it was like oh, everybody else is really busy doing their own things. Well, I like doing podcasts. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do it. So. New podcast in three, two, one. <laughs> I feel like I later on we're going to be coming up with like a bunch more podcast ideas for me Absolutely. to do. I mean, we did I mean, last time. Wasn't there something about the glue podcast or something from last yeah. time? From one of the something. last times. <laughs> I haven't done any more research on that. I'm, I'm waiting for Squidge to send me some information on how glue is made and then we can... Get it into that, podcast form. That's your podcast alchemist. That was it. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> you see, because job titles are like Pokemon, you got to catch them all. 
<laughs> Some of them you don't want to catch. I got to bring this background mm. to video games, right? <laughs> I mean, if you must. Oh my goodness! So we've we've talked a little bit about that. We'll come back to um, Lost in Cult and the Cult Cast and all of the myriad uh, things that you're working on at the moment in a moment. <laughs> but what I'm really interested in is, uh, you see, so the reason uh, a little bit of background for recent games, right, is that. I don't get to play video games these days so often. And I feel like, Andrew, you don't get to play video games so much these days. Um, but Squidge gets to play video games all and blooming no, time. Don't look right, at me. It? I recently moved house. He does. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, and, and so congratulations, Squidge. Thank you. It's your first episode after moving house. I like it. Got his own place and he's living it up in his, in his he's got a little corner that he's operating yeah, at. Yeah, living it up in my corner. I'm like you, Andrew. I'm just stuck in a corner now. <laughs> For all, for all we know, that could just literally be your house. Like, ar- around you, there are no walls. It's the only wall that you have. I mean, he doesn't live in London. But... <laughs> I'm not supposed to know. People walking past, like, looking at you weird, going, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to know I live in a shed. <laughs> He's living in a shared office space. That's what it is, isn't it? Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so the recent games thing is is all because I'm interested to find out what everybody's been playing. And um, I can add these games to the list of games to check out uh, because I don't, I genuinely don't have, I mean, there's another conversation to have about the video game uh, shops on the high street kind of not being there. Squidge Squidge and I were talking offline about this a little earlier on, Um, but I don't get time to just go into the shop. You see, because that's the thing that I miss, going into the shop, picking a game off the shelf and going, Nah, I'm putting it back, you know? you got to check out the screenshots nope. on the back and the, the lack of text that they've put on there and all the icons and stuff, and then you put it back, and then you find the game that you want, and you go buy it. Or, indeed, you get it cheaper online, which is, you know, what the majority of people are doing. I reckon, right, when it comes to box art, if someone just had, like, the front cover, like the, the track thing, and you turn it over, and there's no pictures, no text apart from, just buy me, will you? I reckon it'll work. Because you, you're not bombarding someone with like pictures of what could could or could not be in the game, and it's not like liars on the back. It'd just be, just buy me, will you? Mm. Honest, it might work. It could do. I mean, right, YouTube has taken over from game shops technically, right, and box art covers, because if you if you like the look of a game, if you find out about a game, you just go to YouTube and watch a video, like watch somebody play it, watch the trailers, watch a review that somebody's done, and then it's like, okay, well, now I'll decide, you know, oh, well, it's on Game Pass, so I don't need to go buy it, so I can go play on Game Pass, or oh, it's, you know, it's like on sale here or whatever. So game shops really have become redundant. Like, I went into one the other day, and it was literally just a case of me walking around and they were all games I already knew about because I'd seen them all online and watched YouTube videos. And I was like, well, I'm not buying, I'm not here to buy any games. Like, you know, I'm not, I've, I've not specifically come in to buy a game. And I don't think just from a row of, uh, a row of games on a shelf, nothing would jump out at me to go, oh, I must buy this because I don't know, but box art just doesn't do it anymore. And box art is quite boring these days as well. I, I find like the vast majority of it's boring. So yeah, I, I'm quite content now just to sit at home, watch game videos on YouTube, and then order it from Amazon if I really like the look of it. It just makes more sense. I've got it. I've got it. I know the perfect box out. Oh. The back of it says, buy me, will you? On the front of it, it's just a single colour with a question mark. Ooh. Curiosity will get people buying it. But then if everybody did that, you would just have like a row of boxes in different colours with a question mark on it. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. What is <laughs> this, this one's in the house? This one's in green, that one's in blue. But hang on, if if all it says on the back was is buy me, would you? How do you know what the game is? Like, there's a question mark on the front. <laughs> it's, like... 
It's the colours. Only the people saving you know the difference. Okay. Okay. Could we just call the games by their colours so it's just blue or just red and it's the I games? I don't know. Probably the Pokemon company would be pissed off with you if you did that. That's true. <laughs> there must be like loads of like different names for colours though, right? So you, you wouldn't run out for a while. There's like millions of colours, isn't there? Blue, slightly more blue, slightly dark blue, slightly light blue, Navy lighter blue. blue. Guys, I, I got crimson and beige the other day. Do you want to see it? You know. <laughs> oh, what, one game, no, separate. together. That's where you go no, no, under no. that. Two, two separate games. Oh, okay. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> you could just do the, that. these three words thing. Is it these three words? That, um, yeah, yeah. The, the location yeah, yeah. thing. The location thing. Just do that for games. Just random three words, and that, that tells you what the game is. Shovel, melon, toenail. I feel like that's how a lot of de- like designers are throwing their games together at the moment. It's true. Right? Just pick yeah. three, put all of the genres into a bucket and a bunch of tropes, mix it up, pull three things out, and there's your game. I like to think it's post-it notes on a dartboard and someone just throws darts. <laughs> or, or, or the one guy at the back who throws an axe. Because <laughs> there's always one. <laughs> oh, he's back is, in, is he? Is that one always you, Squidge? I'm saying nothing. Yeah, well, I've seen his back garden. I actually own a small axe. Yeah, I've seen his back garden, and there is an axe in his back garden. It's all rusted, but still, I own one now. Rusted or not, you own an axe, you know? I like it. Free axe. It's a great great self-defense weapon, right? One, it'll hurt when it hit you. Mm -hmm. B, I'm mixing my my counters up here. One, it'll hurt when it hits you. Two, um, it it may cut you when it hits you. And three, it's really rusty, so you might get tetanus. Yeah. <laughs> Although that warning doesn't really work when someone's trying to break into your house. You've got to make it really snappy and quick. Do you want to get bludgeoned, cut, and tetanus? Doesn't doesn't really... Now, there's a sense. wild weekend in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you put bludgeoned, cut, and tetanus into three, these three words and see what comes up. Ooh, where that is, <laughs> yeah. We, we need that to sounds find like that a challenge. Andrew, do you want to give it a go? <laughs> <laughs> There's the right first podcast idea of the episode. Random, we're putting random words into these three words and seeing where it lands. <laughs> and then going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting arrested. <laughs> like a road trip to that place. That would be brilliant. Oh. <laughs> uh. I think I, as as a developer, Jay, you should uh, you should make a generator online for these three words, but for games, we, what we'd have like genre, character, and situation or something, and then you just you randomly put like you just press a button and it randomly comes up with three of them, and then you have to go and make a game. Whoever's doing that has to then go and make a game based on those three words. Great. Yep, I can Great. I can do that. Yeah, fantasy locations. So, you know, I've got a feeling that if I did that for locations, I'd end up in a small, dilapidated flat in Croydon. So I'll, I'll just skip that. It's more trouble to attack out with this. Oh. <laughs> I'm oh, only messing, guys. I'm only because he said Croydon. That's the, the you're the only folks I know who live <laughs> in Croydon. For all um, for all I know, you could be all of the people who live in. No, you know, you know. I've been to Croydon. It's a nice place. <laughs> dig up, dig up. <laughs> I'm only messing. Yeah, I'm only messing. What have you all been playing recently? Guess first. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. is it me first? Um, yeah, yeah. This would be pretty quick, I guess. Not, not really a lot. Um, I think I played, I played a bit of uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, um, just because I like the occasional golf game. I have very good memories of um, what was it called? Is it is it Wii Golf? No, Wii Sports Club, which yeah, was the Sports. Wii U sports thing, which I think we briefly mentioned when we talked last. I feel like I've mentioned it to you before. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm imagining things. I might be at this point. I don't know. Um, do maybe I'm imagining put, this whole thing. What we can do real? is put the episode up onto the website and it will link it all up for us and it'll tell yeah. us whether you've mentioned Wii U Sports before. That's that's we're, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking not maybe real. you mentioned it's it in Dreamcast years, which ah. then would not link back. No, so your plan true. doesn't work there. My plans never work, Andrew. You've known me for long enough now. You should know that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's up to me to make the plans work, and I'm sick of doing it. <laughs> oh dear, some resentment there. <laughs> um, oh, well. Take a seat. Let's discuss this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's turn it into a therapy session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I have very fond memories of that golf game, which obviously is a Nintendo golf game. I was like, oh yeah, Mario Golf will be pretty good. Then I've not played an actual Mario Golf game before just the kind of wee, wee golf things. Um, and it's all right. It's I have not played a huge amount of it, but for a little fun golf game, it's fine. I think people complain that there's maybe not enough to it, um, but I haven't played enough of it to really get that criticism. Uh, and other than that, the only other game that I've played is uh, Resident Evil Village, which I completed when it came out, which within a few days of it coming out. Uh, and it was very, very, very good. And I'm very much looking forward to the DLC that they promised. So, yeah. Those are the two two games that I've kind of one I have definitely played and one I vaguely played, and other than that, I just haven't played any games. So <laughs> you're a busy beaver. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. true. So that's cool. Um, I know that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Squidge say. Squidge, what have you been playing then? Resident Evil Village. There you go. Um, I haven't completed it yet. I'm part way through. Um, I'll, I'll call us by your official name. Big T- McGee's been killed. Um, what else have I Wine done? lady. Yeah, big t- McGee. Um, I've done the dollhouse. Right. That, that's about it. I'm going to the third place. Cool. Although I inadvertently went back to a graveyard to put in a slab mm-hmm. for a bit of treasure, and a boss showed up that I can't kill. So I'm not going there again. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that big guy. Actually. Yeah. I I just sort of I've got a sniper rifle with three bullets and a pipe bomb. This ain't gonna work. Uh, <laughs> that's a new game plus one I think but I'm, I'm just playing that I'm running around shooting what I think is lycanthropes in the face because why not um, with half a hand as you do yeah. um, that's about it I've I didn't get the same vibe as like Resident Evil 2 and Mr. X where she's running around because as she was going to claw me I'd run duck then she'd go straight over me and just keep going through so it's not the same feeling as oh shit, bang, and then you're three feet behind you. It's just I just she's that tall. I could just duck underneath. It's, it's, so you what you're saying is you've been using your parkour skills, <laughs> hardcore parkour and Resident Evil Village. That's it. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> well, uh, hardcore parkour skills and um, slicing chickens for meat. That's about it. I um I spent a good fifteen minutes chasing after a goat. Because uh, yeah. I didn't have I didn't have any ammunition, so all I had was a knife, and I was chasing a goat for fifteen minutes, determined to kill it. 
Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I've, I'm taking my time with that because I've only just got a chance to play it. So, taking my time with that. I've, I've spent more time downloading updates <laughs> on my PC than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, it's just been Resi Village. I've played a bit of um, Diablo 3, and I'm playing a bit of Samurai Warriors 5. Um, nice. Getting very, very, very hooked on that. Um, but apart from that, that's all I've been doing. That and washing pots, you know. Ooh. Well, I mean, you've got game. to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting so, stuff. Yeah. So you've been playing Microsoft Windows Update and um, cleaning the dishes. Right, okay. Microsoft Windows Update that halfway through reset all the um, all the drivers for my fan, which made my PC overheat. Mm, sounds about right. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, anyway, that's for the Let's Complain About Windows podcast. There we go, it started. <laughs> Should be a tally somewhere. We can tally how many podcast ideas we come up well, with throughout the episode. What we'll do is we'll get Squidge when he's edited to put a ding in every time that one of us comes up with a, a podcast okay. idea. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> it's like, please no, not more stuff. <laughs> I'll just add it to the list, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, list. It's, a good, it's a good job you didn't start editing the cult cast until after we'd done our spoiler cast for Village, otherwise we'd have completely spoiled the entire game for you. I was, I was kind of glad of that, yeah. yeah. So, so tangent, we're going to talk about Village, skip to the next one. <laughs> just listen to the intro, that's how it goes, right? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so uh, for me, it's been... I had never played it. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I'd never played nice. any either of the Let's Goes. And, um, you know, for one reason or another, Squidge, was, Squidge and I were spending a lot of time together, and he was like, why don't you borrow my Let's Go Eevee, and you will have a lovely time. You know, put the, the cartridge in, and I'm playing away, and I'm like... And he says, don't forget to pause the game and, like, spend some time with Eevee. And I was like, what do you mean? You could... You can like play with Eevee. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You can give Eevee food. You can like um, rub Eevee's nose until they, until they sneeze. It's brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. So nice. one thing that I had with Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, which I was really annoyed at. I, when I was first playing it, I was, I was taking screenshots galore, just tons of them. One I missed because I, didn't, I, I pushed the wrong button on my pad. Now, I renamed Eevee to Squidgy, right? One of the things Eevee does occasionally is start to fidget. And it said, Squidgy's fidgeting. No, no, no. I went to go push it and it went. And I haven't been able to replicate it. And it really annoys me. I wanted that. It was going to be my wallpaper. My PC. Oh, Squidgy's my fidgeting and there's a picture of Eevee just looking really uncomfortable. Oh, no. I haven't been able to replicate it and I'm really annoyed. Damn. Mm. but uh i i really i've I've really enjoyed playing it there's this lovely little for people who haven't played it it uses like i'm told it uses like a pokemon go type uh control system for when you're capturing pokemon you've got to throw a ball rather than beat them up and then throw a ball which um is a nice little uh, sort of refresher because otherwise it just gets it's all the same right and I managed to get I managed to get to some island in the bottom left hand of the map. Cinnabar Island. That's, That's the, the one. Gym. Yeah, when I, I learned surf, and then uh, or rather Evie learned surf, and then the guy gave me a surfboard, which makes learning surf completely redundant because you get on the surfboard. <laughs> but yeah, Pokemon well, logic. What can we say? That's yeah. as far as I've gotten. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to order um, a copy of my own so I can finish it, uh, rather than stealing squidges and finishing it. Um, and, uh, outside of that, 
Uh, I, I got uh, Samurai Warriors 5, huge fan of the Koei Warriors games. They're not intellectually challenging, but sometimes you just want to bash a bunch of buttons and drop, drop yourself onto a, a field full of, of people and, and score as many KOs as you can, right? That's yeah, just, it, sometimes that's what you want to do. Occasionally, you just need to hit someone over the head with something. Absolutely. Absolutely. For some reason, I was just thinking that I just kind of took myself out of you talking about a game and I was like, he's talking about real life, like dropping into a field and then like whacking people over the head as a real life brainless thing to do. Like, "Mm, what what else do you do on a Saturday? Hmm? No, what I do is I I, I wait till festival time. Right. Oh, yeah. Easy pickings. And just run around with a broom and just 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 lightly, lightly brush, brush people on the head and say, think about what you're doing. It's it's funny with the frying that. pan, just the sound. The, I mean, it's always fun to hear the sound of a twang as you hit something with a frying pan. Mm. I wouldn't recommend hitting people, but yeah, okay. It's mostly oh. trees. New podcast <laughs> idea. The, uh, these three words, find a random location and send Jay there to hit, hit whoever is there over the head with something. <laughs> so it's four words, right? And uh, and the fourth word is the thing I hit people with. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be like I've banana, or it could be uh, rocks, or it could be sand, or yeah, you know, I've, I've baseball got a name caps. For it. You know, I've got a name for it: three okay. word assault. Three <laughs> word assault. There we go. We've got a name. We've got a, an idea. That's two. <laughs> there we go. Ding. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, I'm, I'm really digging the aesthetic of this. Essentially, the Samurai Warriors games are all the same story told exactly, the, almost exactly the same way every single time. The same with the Dynasty Warrior games. Uh, the Samurai Warriors games are set in the Sengoku Jidai period, which is when you think of a Samurai Warrior, that's the period of time you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um the the country's all at war and you have to unify it. Uh, but this time they're using like a cell shaded, a really subtle cell shaded um, uh, aesthetic to it, and it's it's really quite good. Um, I'm not very far into it, but I've loved what I've played so far. Uh, and then the other game that I picked up was I finally got Mafia Two Definitive Edition running on my computer, which um, apparently no one's been able to do properly <laughs> ever since it came out. <laughs> apparently, it doesn't even run on the consoles it was built for properly it doesn't run on those properly so right. eh. but i really like the, uh, the 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 1940s uh period that it's set in the design of the cars the music that plays um you know all of that kind of stuff so it's really really nice just to sort of be able to walk around in that area for a while yeah all right you've then as part of the story you got to beat people up and shoot people and stuff like that but you know just sort of walking around and hearing you know that sort of 1940s era um deep chicago accent it's kind of it's quite nice, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I like that one as well. I like the music as well, because it's, it's very Grand Theft Auto. So you get in a car and you can turn the radio on or the wireless, whatever you called it in the 1940s. And then you go into, like, locations and they'll have music playing and just uh, just proper, like, from that era, there's, like, Peggy Lee and, like, artists like that playing. It's awesome. So, yeah, mm. I like that game. I'm, I'm disappointed it doesn't play very well in the remastered version, as in it doesn't work for most people. So I'm mm. hoping at some point they'll uh, fix it, because I would definitely like to play that one again. It is a lo- it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, like I say, I've, I've managed to get the, the sort of definitive remastered edition working on my computer, but my computer doesn't run, it runs a, a Linux operating system, which is what the Steam uh, the Steam Deck will, will run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm still umming and ahhing about the Steam Deck because uh, it's, they, have, they haven't, Steam who, uh, sorry, Valve who create Proton, which allows Windows games to boot on Linux distributions, 
Um, they haven't fixed the um, anti-cheat stuff. So a whole swathe of PC games just don't run because uh, anti-cheat steps in and it stops the game from running. So hopefully they'll fix that before it releases. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, what my reason for not buying one yet. Um, you can install Windows onto it, but then you kind of, you lose the point of having one. <laughs> yeah, why? Mm. Yeah, because, um, the, because the system has been designed to run faster on, well, okay, um, computer science head. Everything runs faster on Linux just because you don't have Windows sat on it. But, because uh, Windows is like a bloated, bloated operating system. But you can just... There's guides already on how to install Windows on it. So if you don't want the, the the boost of being able to do the things faster and better on Linux, and you definitely want to be able to play the games that want boot, that want boot, sorry, then you know you can install Windows on there. But until they figured that out, I'm holding off of pressing fire on 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 the Steam Deck. But yeah. uh, I will eventually, because then I can like, ooh, RetroArch. Oh, yeah. Just think about that, right? Yeah. Is it just me, or does the Steam Deck look look like a giant Game Gear? It does. Yeah, it, it doesn't look pretty, if no. I'm honest. Functional, though. It looks very functional, which mm-hmm. is the point, I suppose. Like, I'm I'm definitely getting one, and it's like, I like the idea of, uh, like, you know, you talk about Windows. If you get the, high, the one with the higher amount of uh, hard drive space, you know, SSD, whatever it has... Um, you could technically partition that and then you could put windows on a partition and like have that still because it functions as a pc so if you want it to do all the things a pc can do and you want it to do the things that a windows pc could do you could still do that you could have your retroarch stuff and because it accepts uh, sd cards you could use an sd card to put all of your retro games in it because you don't really need a fast ssd to play older games really um so uh, yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. The fact that the beta is basically the switch of the PC world, essentially. Mm. So, and the huge amount of very, very, very cheap games that you can get on Steam on sale and through humble bundles and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I'm like, hell yeah, for the price that they're charging as well. It's not a lot. It's not a lot at all. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna lie. Now that I've now that we've because I said and RetroArch and obviously you've agreed. And then we just talked about it. I'm now moaning and gnawing about maybe I get it just for Retroarch, right? Because then I can walk around the house playing Fancy Star Online wherever yeah. I am. I can get on the train and play Fancy Star Online. You know, because Sega, you're being stupid and you're not re-releasing it. You're Wally's, right? That's, I we are demanding it. Release it, and people. I feel like this is turning into a, a Dreamcast Junkyard. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I, I'm guessing they just want you to play Fantasy Star Online too, right? Like yeah, they'd right. be like, yeah, just play that instead. It's not the same, but play that instead. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I digress. But yes, that would be that would be awesome as a as a retro uh, gaming console. I think that's. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter that I'm, that, I'm, that we're following and that I'm interested in hearing their opinions of, and a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, yeah I'm buying it for a retro con- for a retro uh, gaming console because that's more what it's going to be used for for them." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, what I'm fe- what I'm feeling like is there's going to be a over the next year or so there's going to be a lot of people get interested in what's this Linux thing then and let's learn about that and that's great. More people using software of any kind is great because then. We get to learn more about how everything fits together. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, mini rant about um, about uh, about the Steam Deck. So we usually we usually take people to the Thunderplanes, but we already did that with you, Andrew. And uh, what I 
the yeah, thing Andrew escaped the Thunderplanes. He did. That's how he got back. Right, so if you want to hear what uh, what Andrew has to say about that, go check out an earlier episode. I'll pull a link into the show notes. But um, I, I'm, I'm wondering, Andrew, has anything changed? Because last time you said Power Stone, Crazy Taxi, Resident Evil Origins, and uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Has anything mm-hmm. changed since then? Uh, the first three I would still take for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Power Stone, Crazy Taxi being two of my favorite Dreamcast games, the Resident Evil Origins collection, because it's got uh, Resident Evil Zero and the Resident Evil 1 remake, which are, I mean, Resident Evil 1 remake especially is one of the best Resident Evil games. Call of Duty Warzone? Mm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why that's not going to stay. Uh, <laughs> I, I dropped off it, for one, but also mm-hmm. Activision. Uh, not only did they take all of their developers uh, developers from all of their different studios to do Warzone including the people making Crash Bandicoot Tony Hawk's you know they just basically pulled them all away and go right you work for for Warzone now okay Uh, but also worse than that still is the the lawsuit and the huge allegations around abuse um, at Activision and uh, Blizzard as well so Call of Duty Warzone uh can stay in the thunder planes i guess or or be like like i don't know smashed to bits by the lightning in the th- i don't know whatever it, it, it out it of sort of. Huh? kicked into the void yeah is it, it, can we make that a new thing like if it, if something's that bad can we just that's literally a just kick really it into the void? good idea that's a great <laughs> idea either for a segment or for an entire new podcast oh god kicking games look. into the void there we go Right, where what Bing. you do is you, you ask the <laughs> low quality bang up bang. It's what you do is you ask people what is one game that you would kick into the void and why? Right? What is it about that game? Like putting aside the amount of effort that was put into it and the creativity that was put into it, what are you kicking into the void and why? I think I think that's that's a whole episode. Kicking it into the void. Kinda like room one oh one, but totally different for legal purposes. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Room can't help himself. <laughs> can't help himself, can he? New segments galore. We'll just do this. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so that's good. I'm I'm glad that you've that you've agreed to to yeet Call of Duty Wars on out of there because yeah, all of the stuff that's happening with them, it's I, I don't need to comment on it because I mean, m- smarter people than I are commenting on it, mm-hmm. uh, but I do know that. Were I interested in um, Activision and all of the other companies that have been um, involved in all of the different controversies this year, I would be going, hmm, yeah, maybe not, because, you know, they've not made the best decisions. Um, however, um, I know that uh, I'm also one person, right? There's there's not very much that I can do as one person. However, I can be an ally to those who – I can try to be an ally to those who are affected and say, look, what can I do to help? You know, yeah. Or do, could I just listen, right? Because that's that's potentially a way to help out too. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm glad that these that these uh, these these decisions and these people are make, being made to account. You know, because otherwise, you've got this horrible situation where people get away with it, and that's not good. But anyway, set things to one side, right? So, <laughs> what would you replace Andrew, it with? What would, what would I replace what with? Ooh. Yeah. What would I replace it with? See, I guess that that was like, I think the point that I made at the time was that I wanted something I could like play with other people because Power Stone, Crazy Taxi, Resident Evil, they're all very solitary games that you play on your own. Uh, and and the game that I've put the most time into, and I think I mentioned it at the time, but but 
didn't put it in and, and put Warzone instead for some reason would be Fortnite, which, you know, some people would find a bit iffy, but honestly, compared to so many other games, it's actually it's actually good. Like, not only is it a good game, not only does it play well, not only is it, you know, just uh, an all-around fun time, uh, but the way that they go about charging money for it is okay because they're not charging it's not play to win it's you know it's nothing like that so you're just paying for costumes if you want them you don't have to buy costumes you don't have to buy any of the stuff they sell you can play the game without them so it's not as predatory as some games that are like oh you need this move for this character or you need this or that to to get better in the game uh you know these new weapons that you can purchase no it's like literally it's a costume you can have or you cannot have it it doesn't matter either way um and and I've played a lot of Fortnite. Like I I love that game. Haven't played it for a while, but yeah, I would probably I, I'll replace it with that because I feel that's. I mean, I don't know if there's anything dodgy going on at Epic. Maybe there is, but um, I, if there is, then I'll eat that as well. But for now, <laughs> <laughs> on the on the assumption there's nothing dodgy going on, Fortnite, Fortnite is what. Andrew investigates. Bing. <gasps> yeah, there you go. <laughs> is this game company dodgy? <laughs> Let's find out. The panorama of the gaming world. Andrew oh, investigate. there you go. You've even got your byline for the title. I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I am. I'm making notes of all these as we go. So I'm going to just take. <laughs> when, when I finally do another podcast, I say finally. It'll be like tomorrow, won't it? Uh, when I do another podcast. <laughs> I've got a nice list to choose from. Yeah, that's it. He'll he'll be finished with the album out before we've even finished recording, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I'll be the one editing it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, Andrew, tell us a little bit about all the projects that you're working on we talked a little bit about them earlier on but let's talk about them again in a little bit more detail right so we've got so i know of lost in cult dreamcast years 2 the cult cast um dreamcast junkyard and uh and as soon as i don't know yeah what, what else is there what's going all on? of you're those very, all of those even the ones that make no sense uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I guess, where should I start? I start with, so Dreamcast Junkyard, sure, I still do that. So um, I just still do the podcast over there. So I host um, the shows that they do. Uh, it's just become like, it. so with Dreamcast Junkyard, it's always been like, I don't know. I, I was never meant to be the host of Dreamcast Junkyard, but it just turned out that whenever they do a new Dream Pod, they're like, Andrew, do you want to come and host this? Because I don't think any of them are really, they're not keen on hosting. They'd rather just do the talking bit and not do the rest of it. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll do that. That's I, I, I like doing that, obviously, hence all the podcasts. Um, so, yeah, so I still do that. It's been a little bit quieter recently, I think, because everybody's been busy with things. But we released a new episode not too long ago. Uh, and I think we've got a few in the pipeline because we're edging towards episode 100 of the dream pod uh which is going to be awesome uh it's been going for over five years now and the dreamcast junkyard itself has been going for over 15 years which is crazy to think about uh so yeah so i still do that and i still have only put one article on the website and i think that's probably how it will stay <laughs> i'll just i'll stick with the uh i'll stick with the podcast i think so but yeah that's that's going pretty well for sure spelling is hard right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> says the person who's editor-in-chief of a of a game <laughs> 
But yeah, so so there's that. There's uh, Dreamcast Junkyard, uh, and then my other vaguely Dreamcast related podcast, which is I say vaguely, we we barely talk about the Dreamcast anymore. Uh, it's uh, Dreamcast Years, uh, which to be fair was never meant to be a Dreamcast podcast. It was meant to be the the, the concept of it is you know the, the Dreamcast is the center, and how did the Dreamcast affect everything else going forward, and what was gaming like around that time and afterwards, blah blah blah. So that's what we've done. Um, we finished our first season of that, which yours was the last OG episode that we Ooh. did Ooh. with you guys. And then we did a game of the year and then that was it. Uh, so that was the end of season one. And in fact, you are our very last uh, regular guests because uh, we, for the whole of the first season, 12 episodes, we had a guest on each and every episode. But second season onwards, we're, we're not doing that. We're instead having uh, a four person lineup. So we have the same four people every episode, essentially. Um but yeah, uh, that was that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I was I was really glad to get you both on for the last one. Well, I say the last one for, for the last episode of season one because that was uh, that was a lot of fun and a huge amount of tangents were had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it was knew it was going to happen, and yet yeah. you still invited us. I, I mean, I invited you on for that purpose <laughs> for the tangents. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and I've got to say, I had I had a, a ton of fun doing it. And not just to hear Squidge be, uh, really let the monster out. Um, so I'll, I'll put a link into it. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. <laughs> or Squidge. <laughs> what was it? Masochist, I was called at one point. Yeah, and a sadist. And, and a sadist. Yeah. Masochist and sadist, yep. Yeah. I mean, not not untrue words, to be fair, considering what you said. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stick it on the achievement list. It'll go on the CV later on. Nice. <laughs> Your actual CV, or just because if you put it on your actual CV, I'd be slightly worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's not looking for work at the moment, right? As long as it's on it whilst he's not looking for work, it should be all right. No, right? it's staying on there. Just putting it in while people aren't looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to put it on your CV and upload it to a job site and see what you get. <laughs> Maybe <Podcast> less. idea. <laughs> putting out really bad CVs and seeing if you can get a job from them. <laughs> That's genius. I love it. <laughs> I love that one. Sponsored by Monster. No, um. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if only. Yeah, no, no, not that Monster. The other one, the CV yeah. website. Oh, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, indeed, if or any of those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other CV websites are available. Of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we've got we've got those. We've got Dreamcast Years 2 is, is, is coming along, right? How's that going? Yeah, slowly. <laughs> okay. I put out, I put out an update not too long ago. Um, and you know, it's it, yeah, it's taking a while for various reasons. So, like you know, the fact that I'm working full time now, which I wasn't during the first campaign and the first book, um, and and just I mean, the pandemic didn't help, of course. Like, uh, I think everybody had this idea at the beginning when like you had all this time at home. And you kind of couldn't do anything else. And it was like, oh, I'm going to do loads of stuff. Like at the beginning, it was like, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff for the book. I'm going to do loads of podcast episodes. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do loads of stuff. You're going to have to bleep that. I'm sorry. Um, I'm doing lots of things. And um, <laughs> and it just didn't happen for one reason or another. Some people got like, I, I saw some people and they were like crazy productive. And I was just like, 
really sad sat at home and I got a job my I got my job literally two weeks into the pandemic. So within two weeks of the pandemic starting, I started a full-time job, which I then had to learn and like I hadn't worked for what like four or five months by that point. And before that I was working part-time. So I had to get into the swing of working a full-time job, learn it all from home uh, and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was a mad time and I didn't get half as much as done as I, as I wanted to. So that's the, that's the truth of it. And, and because it's so much more of a collaborative effort, effort this time, like the first book was collaborative. In the end, it didn't start that way. It was just going to be myself writing it. And in the end, I got a bunch of people in to help do different bits. And this time I started off as a very collaborative thing. There's lots of different people from the Dreamcast Junkyard and uh, from other places. And of course, Dan, the artist and Matt, uh, Game Tripper UK, who does the editing and stuff. And we're all like involved from the beginning doing the book. And of course, it's not just me who's having a hard time. It's everybody else. So it's it's trying to get everybody else to, you know, do the things that need to be done and, you know, it's hard it's it's very hard to do so basically that's where i got to i as i mentioned before i did the zine which i found easier to just get sorted because it was a shorter project i had the ideas and i could just go boom 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 finished um so i've done that and now we're in the process of getting back into the swing of getting the book done we've got a bunch of stuff ready to edit i've got a bunch of stuff uh, kind of planned out to write um and i know steve our graphic designer our book designer uh, artistic director i think is his title uh he's ready to go essentially he's kind of started to put together some of the spreads so it's it, stuff is happening it's just a lot slower than i'd like and i think that it was meant to launch in july uh but we pushed it back and it's likely to ship in november although i still can't promise that's an exact date yet but that's what we're looking at at the moment for the shipping of dreamcast year two see the way i see it it'll be done when it's done right yeah Exactly. Another moment before, right? You, you, uh, I feel, I feel like I'm going to speak for you for a moment here, and I don't mean to, um, but uh, I get the feeling you don't want to ship a, a an inferior product, right? No. It's got to be ready, right? And I, I, I face this kind of thing in my day to day work as a developer all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's it's done, right? Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of done, but I know that I know that there's this bug or this problem will happen. Let me work on it to make it better, or let me make it more presentable, or you know, uh, it, it's done in that I can show you it, but it's not finished, you know. Yeah. Um. And 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 it's it's like that with any kind of uh, artistic endeavor. I, I'm seeing the work that you're doing for this as an artistic endeavor, right? And it's mm-hmm. a, a a labor of love as well, and that it needs to be at a point where you're happy to to send it out right because it's there's no point in putting um the kickstarter money and all of your effort and all of everybody else's effort and then putting it mm-hmm. out to print if it's you know yeah. substandard i guess mm. exactly yeah exactly so and you know it's it's not one of these things where i'm turning something around for profit either i, I make nothing from it you know it's it's literally all the money that i get goes into to doing it and like you say it's a it's a labor of love so um you know, I'm not going to. If I was doing it for money, I'd be like, "Yeah, screw it. Let, let's uh, let's turn this around. Let's write a load of stuff and put it out there." But it's not. I, I want to make sure it's 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 right and it's it lives up to the first book. And 
part of doing the zine first as well was to make sure that, you know, it's been a while. So I was like, okay, well, let's make sure that I can still do this and I can still turn something around on my own. You know, obviously a lot of people wrote for it, but I was planning it and putting things together and making sure it all worked. And and it did. And it's it's there. And I've sent a bunch of sample copies to people who were involved and they all seem to really like it. So, uh, and I think I've shown bits of it online as well. So uh, the DCY zine, yeah, I'm happy with it. So it, it kind of showed to me as well. I was like, yeah, I've still got it. I can still do it. Uh, now I just have to now I just have to translate that into a hundred and sixty something page book instead of a forty eight page scene. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still going to be a lot of work. There's still a lot of work ahead, but I know where I'm going with it. It's just it's it's just the time it takes. And like you said, it, it it's done when it's done. I hope everybody feels that's okay because you know people have put their money into it, and that's always worries me. I'm like I don't want to let anybody down. Uh, but as long as people are happy to continue to wait until it's finished, it will be finished. It's not. It's not that it's not going to be finished. It will be finished. It's just hmm. a case of when, uh, and I'll make sure I keep everybody updated as I go. So yeah. Awesome. Is there still going to be the uh, the extra the bonus episode of DCY, the podcast? Yeah, is, is that still going to happen? I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, people paid for it, right? So there's yeah, pe- people yeah, yeah. have got the, there's the uh, the mini disc, of course, and there's yes. the CD. So that's another thing that's on my mind at the moment, and I have an idea for what that episode's going to be. Um, and I don't know. Should I share that what that episode's going to be? You can keep it to yourself if you like. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking for industry secrets here. No, I know. I know. But do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> asking. Um, so, so basically, uh, we are going to redo our first episode. Uh, oh, sweet. It's going to, but it's, it has to be confined to the time length that's available for a mini disc. Mm-hmm. So I think it's no more than 80 minutes. So we I have to do an 80 minute episode, but it's going to be the first one. And as a result, we have actually removed the very first episode of DCY from podcatchers. Oh. So basically there's a lot of things I wasn't happy with in the first episode. It's the very first one we did, right? And it's like, oh, I'm just not happy with how a lot of it went. Um, so I was like, right, I'm going to remove it. And so from... For basically, once we release this on physical media, that will be the only way you'll be able to listen to the 1997 episode, which we're redoing uh, to make it better. Uh, you know, we've got better audio equipment now. We've we've got like a bunch of stuff that you know we, we're more experienced in doing it, and also we've got new music which is going to be happening from season two. So we'll include that in there. So yeah, it's going to be all that stuff. Uh, it's just going to be uh, us redoing 1997 and it only being available to people physically uh yeah so there you go that's what's happening <laughs> well i'm gonna enjoy listening to that on my uh, mz7 or whatever it is my mini display um <laughs> nice because i have that i still have i still another podcast idea i keep buying so when you go to Bandcamp, right all uh, most of the music I, I listen to these days is off of a band camp and mm-hmm. a number of artists you can sell vinyl you can sell cds you can sell tapes or you can sell mini discs and i'm like I don't care. It's a new album on mini disc. Bye. And then yep. you get the, the copy to stream as well. So, but I don't touch it until the disc gets here three and a half months later. And then I listen to it because it's like a present to my future self. Hey, check this mini disc music out. It's awesome. I've had some really cool, uh, synth wave, some really cute, uh, cool future funk, some really cool ambient stuff. It's really good. So yeah, cool. I would recommend it if you're a mini disc, uh, person. Definitely check out. They're a little expensive. They're about um, 12, 13 pounds because you've got to cover, because most of them are coming from like Eastern Europe um, where they're manufactured. But that's uh, that's not a problem. They go in my mini disc tray and they go into rotation. It's awesome. 
Nice. So the podcast idea here is that you review them as they come in? Yes. Review and discuss them. I'm already growing the moustache. I've got the the glasses. I am bald. I can be that like that Fontano guy off of YouTube, right? <laughs> the, the internet's music nerd. I can be like that, but with a mini disc. Brilliant. Go for it. Why yeah. not? Why all, not? All one people, and that's me, got that reference then. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was mini- just sat here smiling going, yeah, <laughs> sure. The mini nerd podcast. Bing. Mini nerd podcast. I like it. And then yeah, I get the logo done, so it looks like the mini disc logo, but with nerd after it. I like it. Yes. I'd just like to add Dutch deal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So there's there's also Lost in Cult and the Cultcast. Now the I feel one. like there we go. Yeah, I feel like I want to talk if that's alright about Cultcast first, and then uh-huh. we can talk about what Lost in Cult is, what it means to you, and all the passion behind it that everyone has. If that's alright. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what what is the Cultcast for people who haven't heard it? Okay. So uh, the Cultcast is uh, so it's the Lost in Cult podcast, which is all about uh, just general kind of like. Oh, what, what do we call it? It's uh, it's like um, what is it? Like, Which quick? You're the one who edits it. <laughs> it's it, it's essentially it's it's a procedure that enables Andrew to continue his podcasting um, exactly. habit. It's yeah. just a massive enabler. That's all it is. Yeah. We just we just talk rubbish for the entire no. So um, the, and, on, the, and only vultures listen to it. Apparently, only vultures. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it's just a, it's a podcast about cult media, so mostly games, but we do talk about movies, TV shows, music, books. I mean, we haven't talked about all that yet, but we we will and we can. Um, so we have that, and uh, we've just uh, we're about to release episode five. Uh, the Squidge literally finished editing today, and that's going to go out. And that is episode five is just us shouting game names at each other for an hour. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I can give you a sneak peek. Peggle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Once you um, listen to it, you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's good. I mean we, we cover a lot of topics. Like the the first one we had um was I think just myself, John and Jason, I believe, and we had a chat about Lost in Cult in general, and then we had Alex and Eel on for uh, talking about Resident Evil. We've had Adam Korolik on to talk about Sega, uh, and then we've we had an episode talking about the current state of gaming, which was episode four, where John went on for about an hour. Yeah. Uh, about the current state of gaming and we i think the rest of us who are on the podcast managed to get about three words in each uh for the rest I'd, of the time I'd, I'd just like to say that was fantastic to edit and if you can't <laughs> tell us that if you can't tell i've got a sarcasm funny quotes then you know what you need is a sarcasm sound effect just before you do meh, meh, this is sarcasm okay like I'll, I'll i'll work on it i'll, I'll get something going <laughs> another thing to add to the list of things to do absolutely <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just us talking about all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, just cult media. It's uh, it's it's cool, and then we do the tangent as well, which is uh, the like the exclusive one to our steady account. So if you subscribe, become a member of our steady, which is kind of like Patreon, but but slightly posher, um, you get like <laughs> <laughs> you get like uh, an exclusive podcast. And we've done like uh, like we mentioned before, we did a, a spoiler cast for Resident Evil Village, and then the second one we did was uh, myself and Bella, who's our social media manager. We chatted about uh, Blair Witch and all the different films and games and stuff and mythology. And whatever that goes on with the with that 
franchise. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's it's good. It's nice to be able to talk about things other than games. So yeah, mm. I have to say I learned a ton of stuff listening to the uh, the Blair Witch one because mm. from my point of view, right, I've never even seen the first movie, and I only no. I thought there was only the one movie, but no. there's there's a whole bunch of movies and and games and all sorts of stuff, and there's like even. There's like you have to learn the law by going online to fill in the gaps in the movies and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, this is yes. there's so much stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a whole it's a whole thing, um, mm. and it's and it's weird because like you say, if you've only if you've only watched the first movie or if you only know about the first movie, you just think, oh, it's like a you know it's a found footage thing and it's people walking around in the woods for an hour and a half, and you know it's kind of right. You know, if if you said that to somebody, you know that's pretty much what it is. But if you look at it in more depth and then you learn about all the law that they put into it, I mean, even just with the first film, they had a whole uh, documentary that they they put together, which was made to look like a real documentary, which contained all this law about the Blair Witch, about what happened to the to like Heather and Josh and Mike when they went into the woods. Uh, even just that alone, and and the marketing campaign that they put around it, where they made it seem like it was real by putting one you know missing posters up everywhere and all that kind of stuff it was it was mad but then when you you know that in itself is great and there's so much there to in to look into and to you know uh have like conspiracy theories about and stuff but then you look into the wider and you've got the sequel that was weird and then you've got the 2016 movie which was not that good mm. and then you've got like all the games but yeah basically listen to the podcast because there's so much that goes on in in that universe and like they keep adding to it it's one of those universes that is it's not done to death like a lot of franchises are like at this point there's far too much star wars like it's it, mm. to some people i uh, myself included it's kind of lost a lot of its luster um, whereas Blair Witch, because they do it so infrequently, uh, the 2016 movie aside, it's still very relevant and good. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, you go away. Hopefully, if anything, you, you take from that, you go away and watch the movie at least because uh, it's it's worth it's worthwhile for sure. Well, the thing I learned is Andrew is a huge horror fan. Mm. I am, yeah, mm. which I well and truly blame my mother for. Uh, so yeah, thank thanks, mum. She introduced me at the age of like what eleven to horror horror things. So yeah, right. <laughs> she introduced yeah. my my sister from the womb essentially to horror things. <laughs> like literally, she I I don't know if I I, I feel like I've said, I've mentioned this story once before somewhere. I don't know if it was on Waffling Taylor's, but my my mum, um, when she gave birth to my sister while she was in labour, she watched essentially all of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies while she was in labour with my sister. So, uh, yeah, I there mean, you go. There's, there's an argument for trying to distract yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going through more horrific pain than you on screen. So it's yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Some sort of transferred malice there. That's well, it. they're going through worse. I, c- I can sit back and relax. <laughs> now they're, they're getting gutted like a fish. I, I feel mm-hmm. better about myself. okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) but so okay so we've mentioned it a bunch of times so um you may not be i I don't know i I feel like perhaps there's the there's maybe an official what is lost in cult and there might be a what is lost in cult to each of the people who work on something for it Mm -hmm. so if you have the official description of what's lost in cult that would be cool but if you have andrews this is what it means to me then that's also cool too. What what is Lost in Cult? Yeah. Uh, so Lost in Cult. So I mean, to give you the to give you the actual what Lost in Cult is, it is a company as uh, is is the company that publishes 
um, lock on. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, if you look at the Twitter page, it's, it's like indie publisher or something, which confuses a bunch of people because you you think indie publisher and you think games publisher. We don't publish mm. games. Um, <laughs> we have had somebody actually approach us and go, Ooh, can I was just about to say first? yet. <laughs> yet. Well, yeah, yet. We'll see. Um, <laughs> watch this space. But yeah, so it's, uh, but it's more than just that. I mean, it, it's become its own thing. So Lost in Cult is, uh, it's essentially what the cult cast is, really. It is looking at cult media through different lenses. So whether that be podcasts, whether that be articles, uh, features, uh, a journal like Lock On is, um, you know, we're looking at cult media and, and mostly gaming, of course, but broadly speaking, cult media uh, through different lenses. And we basically want, I mean, I guess the the main ethos of Lost in Cult is encapsulated in Lock On. So Lock-On's the main product that we produce, which is the gaming journal, of which we've just uh, shipped uh, volume 001. Yes, we say it like that. It's not just <laughs> issue one, it's volume 001. We're very pretentious. Um, and <laughs> if you were pretentious, it'd be a tom. It'd be what? A tom. A tom of knowledge. Yeah, a, a tom one. Tom zero zero one. That's pretentious. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to reprint all these now and just. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll expect my new tome in the post within three weeks. Then that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the 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 ethos behind Lock On is that it's a place that kind of delves into gaming in a different way than you'd see in like a regular magazine or online. So it's a place that gives writers a space to like talk about subjects that they probably wouldn't get commissioned for elsewhere. Uh, that, you know, that something that's interested them, but maybe isn't of interest to big sites that have to, you know, they're paid by click. And so they have to do a lot of, you know, they have to uh, appeal to a very broad spectrum of people. But this that you know doing that means that you lose a lot of really interesting and in-depth articles about subjects in gaming that really should be explored. So we give people a way to to do that. Um, both large writers, you know, big writers who have a big following, but also people who really are just starting out. In some cases, if they've got a good idea, if they've got a good pitch for an article, we'll will accept it regardless of who you are. Um, and then the same goes for art. So we, you know. John is huge. He's a huge art fan. He's obviously a graphic designer himself. He does art himself. uh, And he was very much uh, wanting to make something that celebrated the artistic side of things as well as the written side. So he, we, we put the same ethos for, for the writers to the artists as well. So we want to create bespoke artwork for all of these pieces that we're doing for all these different games that we cover. Um, And we, we go not only with the big artists who are well known, but we also kind of, you know, we go with smaller artists and John does a really good job at curating lots of different artists from different backgrounds, from uh, different styles, uh, you know, uh, and different levels of, of experience as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's what we're about. It's, it's giving people a chance to express themselves in a way that perhaps they wouldn't be able to in the current setup for this kind of of content uh, and which they're not in turn gives the people reading it and, and kind of viewing the artwork, 
you know, something completely different that they wouldn't get from anywhere else. Uh, they get to read about topics they probably haven't even thought about or haven't, you know, given much thought to. They get to see all this beautiful artwork that goes into each uh, each volume or tome, as they're now called. And uh, You're welcome. and that's the whole thing behind everything that we do. You know, even our steady uh, our our staff writers. We have a uh, staff writers for Lock On. Uh, we let them write different things for steady so something that maybe doesn't work for the journal they can put onto our steady page uh and obviously we do the podcast which is the same again it's just talking about stuff that we want to talk about it doesn't matter if it's gonna you know if, if it's gonna resonate with a broad spectrum of people it's just stuff that we think is interesting uh so yeah it's it, yeah that's it really but also on top of that we we pay people fairly too. That's a huge thing for me. Is that we're not asking people to come and write us an article or, or you know do some artwork for us and go okay. Well, you're going to get some exposure out of it. Here's tenor for your mm. work. It's like right, we're going to pay you what we feel this is this is due um, because you've put work into it. We want to give you the money for that. And as we grow and as we expand and more people find out who we are and the more sales we make, we will then equally raise up what we are able to offer people in terms of money for for their work because people should be paid for what they do quite mm. frankly if you're creating something and it's as high quality as the stuff that we're putting in lock on you should be paid for that so and that's what we do so yeah i love that ethos because um as a uh, a podcaster and a developer and a creator of different things when uh, when people say to me, oh, yeah, 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 we, we'll, we'll give you loads of exposure for it. And I'm like, brilliant. I can pay my mortgage in exposure now. Awesome. That's yep. br- I can fit. I can pay the pizza guy in, in exposure. Steady on. Not that kind of exposure. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Podcast idea. No way. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> pay with exposure. With exposure. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. <laughs> You, you know, you probably could do an, a, a podcast about paying pay, about the stories of being paid with exposure just by like interviewing some of the online artists who have been offered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can you can put your uh, your your uh, art installation here, and we won't pay you. Or we'll, you can put your piece of art in our uh, in our newspaper or magazine or periodical or whatever, and we won't pay you because you'll be you'll be exposed to lots of new people. And that you could probably do that actually. I think that yeah. would actually quite that could that could work. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, and I'm sure that works for for a lot of people. Like getting that exposure is helpful because it means you get more work. But at the same time, it shouldn't just be exposure that you're offering people. It mm-hmm. should be a, a fair, you know, you know, even if you can't afford a huge amount to pay somebody, you know, if you, if you've got if you're on a budget, you should still be able to say, okay, well, this is what I can afford. Mm-hmm. Will you work with me for that? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. It sh- it shouldn't be like, oh, we can't afford anything. Here's some exposure. Uh, and it, it's crazy how many people will do that actually, even if they don't actually have that much of a following or that much of a a place to allow people to be exposed. You know, like people just act, it's it's a whole thing of influencer culture as well, right? Where yeah. people go, oh, yeah. I'll uh, if you give me a free meal at your restaurant, I'll make a post about it, so you'll be able to get exposure for it. Well, what if that what if that Instagram person has like a thousand followers how, how much realistically is that going to bring business wise for that person 
not that much. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's not really worth it. And really, they could have just paid for the meal and written about it at the same time and said how great it was. And then when they go back, the person would be like, oh, wow, thank you very much for posting about us. Have a free drink or something. You know, like yeah, right. that's yeah. the way around it should work. It shouldn't be give me something for free and I will post about it or, you know, mm. I'll, I'll give you exposure. It should be here, I'm going to pay you for the service that you provide and I'll give you exposure because I like it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's yeah. what I think, anyway. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody else who's listening agrees. I hope so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they agree too, because I'm similar. I'm, I'm the same way, you know. I, yeah. I, I don't think that it should be. It shouldn't be that I expect something from you to get some to give something back. It should be the other way around. Is that you know, if I can do this good thing for you, let me try and do this good thing for you. And if you want to, you can do a good thing for me. But that's I'm not expecting it, right? And that's exactly. that. I think that's maybe we've drifted off to another podcast here, but I think that's maybe the difference is that these folks who are influencers that have a following and stuff like that, they're expecting the the the, the free thing. They're expecting it because oh, don't you know who I am, sort of thing. And it's like, mm. yeah. It's, it's worth saying that it's not all influencers. Like we, we work with a lot of like really like influential people who have given us exposure. Again, just I just feel when, now because you said it, Squidge. Every time I say exposure, I'm just thinking of people flashing. Um, so, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they're giving they're giving lock on exposure because they like what we do and mm. you know that that's awesome. Uh, so we work with some great people. We we're working with some great influencers but there are a subset of influencers out there who expect something for nothing um and that's certainly something that shouldn't be the case and i say lock on we we give people something for what they do uh and as we grow we'll be able to give people more for what they do uh because you know we're still small we're not we're not like a huge publication or anything uh we've sold a nice amount but we could certainly sell more and the more people we can sell to the more that we can give to the people who you know contribute to us and the same goes for steady as well we've said you know the people who write for steady the podcasters everything like the the more that we are able to make through steady or through our kickstarters the more that we're able to give those people for the work that they provide because they deserve to have more money essentially you know we just the people who create that stuff i mean you both have uh lock on there right i mean just mm-hmm. looking through that you can see the amount of work that's gone into it you know mm. people deserve a fair payment for that so yeah that's what we're all about absolutely absolutely and and let's let's talk about lock on for a moment right because sure. uh, like you said you know um both squidge and i have received ours uh, we were kickstarter backers uh i can't speak for squidge when up but when i saw it i was like oh yes right where's my credit card here we go put the numbers in brilliant backed awesome because i think yeah. if i remember correctly when we talked to is it jason and jason he was, and John, he was yeah. when they were actually talking about it while we were recording i backed it that's it oh yeah. i actually went on the website and backed it while we were discussing it <laughs> yeah yeah i i creatively edited the uh, clicks out but yeah i backed <laughs> it while we were talking <laughs> but but that's it that was because of the passion again it's the passion that comes through when when you and john and jason and the other people who have um, contributed to it when you all talk about it you can you can almost feel it you know um there's a the the next piece i'm going to read is uh, uh jason's piece about uh, i have lived mm-hmm. and 
every single person that I've, I've spoken to who've read that already are, are like, that, you know, that's me. That's amazing. That's, that's touched me in a way that I didn't think that video games could. Yeah. Right. And I'm really looking forward to reading it because it's all about his journey through having played the games throughout his life. Right. And it's, and, and, and that's, that's what I mean. It's that passion. When you hear that passion in someone's voice about something, you, you, you can connect on them and on a, on a, mm. on, a, on another level. Right. It's it's I'll 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 use a line that I used when we talked to him before. It's getting to know the person behind the pad mm-hmm. and the unique stories. That's that's what got me. And the artwork, the artwork's amazing. But it's just the 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 idea of the person behind the pad. Not 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 reading about, you know, clickbait and all this game's awesome, you know. There's no no games without sin and you know, you can criticize it and be very you can give it praise and criticize at the same time and Mm -hmm. hearing a unique point of view is always better than just parping on about all the the graphics are amazing the gameplay you can do multiple no 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 let's have a unique story of one person how they played it and that's that's what sold me and i've read some of it and it's precisely that Mm -hmm. you know yeah Absolutely. I mean, yeah, one of the big things that we said from the start is that we're not having, you know, like, it's not a regular magazine, it's a journal rather than a magazine. So it is essentially a collection of essays. Um, but slightly, I don't know, we're not quite as strict as as uh, you'd think of an academic journal. It's not quite like that. It's a bit more loose. It's but not peer-reviewed. It yeah. No, it's not a peer-reviewed <laughs> journal. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's the terms, isn't it? That's the terms. That's that's the next. Yeah, that's true. That's that's the next journal we're doing. <laughs> the peer reviewed pod- gaming journal. Like what would what would that be? Peer reviewed like? podcast. Oh, that's God, it. No. Peer reviewed podcasts. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the ninth, nineteenth, sixty first. I can't remember. I've lost. So, count. Hang on. Would that podcast idea literally be peers listening to a podcast and then reviewing it on the, on their podcasts? The peer review podcast. Yep, I suppose it would be. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay, that's another. Right, right. I'm noting that down. Giving it a right down in my list. That'll that be tomorrow's idea, podcast. That idea is uh, a bit of a cluster, <laughs> really, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, <laughs> where was I? I was talking about something and I've forgotten completely what I was talking about. <laughs> Welcome to my world. It's, it's a collection of essays, but not in yeah. the academic sense. Right. Sure. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 much more in depth than you get into with a magazine. And what we didn't want to do is is go down the magazine route of having things like reviews and stuff. So we have the little. So for people who back the premium edition or the hardcover, we have like a little zine that we included, which originally was going to be a review zine. And we're like, we're not going to put them in the journal, but we'll have reviews, but we'll put them in a zine. Um, However, that then quickly turned into, well, we don't want to give scores to things because that's daft. And we then started our steady account and we had recommendations on there. So things that people really liked. So we transitioned it into like almost like a recommendations um, zine. And we included like uh, one of uh, Laurie Eggleston's articles at the back of it from steady. So it's essentially become the steady zine uh, was was the thing we we finally kind of settled on that it was going to be. Um so that all stuff is in there, but we're not going to do that going forward because Steady is the place that you'll find that kind of content. Yeah. You know, recommend people recommending stuff that they like and articles that maybe you wouldn't find, maybe that are more current and like up to date. Because obviously, being a journal that releases quarterly, we can't be up to date with everything because we release every three months. So we'll release more up to date stuff on the site. So Lock On, therefore, is a place for, like you said, people to share personal stories about how games have affected them or what they, you know, how how something that they've done within a game has affected 
whatever part of their life but not just that it's going into the intricacies of games uh how they uh, how they're affected by politics and you know also i mean the the amount of stuff we have in just the first volume alone we have a piece uh by james bentley which is about um the uh the similarities between uh midgar and final fantasy 7 and flint michigan which is an interesting one we've got um uh adam korolik uh, he's written a piece on uh, the lost PlayStation, uh, Nintendo PlayStation prototype, uh, kind of how it came about and how how the prototype was found and what happened to it. And that's a really excellent piece. I love that one. Um, we've got a piece about uh, Death Stranding uh, and how the silence in that game and the, uh, the kind of the contemplati- contemplative nature of the game uh, is really useful, especially in the times that we live in, in terms of pandemic and, and being alone all the time anyway uh, so there's there's all these really interesting stories and, and stuff that you wouldn't even really see in the western world we've got a piece about um how what playstation 2 um what that was like in india because they had like their own development scene there and they had like the, it was a huge deal in india it was like the first big console there uh to really break through and they had this huge development s- uh, scene so we've got somebody from from ign india um whose name you'll have to edit this out now um so we've got Rishi Alwani from IGN India who wrote a piece about that. And that's not something living in the UK or America or wherever we live in the Western world. You don't really see that kind of stuff, mm. uh, you know, on websites or in magazines over here. So it's really interesting to see what gaming is like everywhere else in the world. Um, and yeah, so that's that's what we that's what we want to do with Lock On, I guess, is is have have it be much more personal and much more you know like interesting and insightful than maybe something you'd find on just like your random gaming news website so yeah i like it i like it um and like i say um uh, i'm still coming through all the stuff that's in uh, this that's come with mine and everything that I've, I've read so far I, um, I'm like well this is like even just holding it in my I feel like I've turned into an advert for it but even just <laughs> holding it in my hand right the, the the type of paper that's used and the print that's used it's it's easy to read it's easy to turn the pages you know that that sounds really stupid but I've read books before where I'm like where's the I can't separate the pages or yeah. where the, the, the typeface is is just bad or maybe the the margins are terrible but i, I can tell looking at the, the lock on volume one that there's a lot of effort have gone into it you know that that every single thing has been a painstaking decision right it's not being yeah. it's not being just just throw some stuff together just get a bunch of people online to write some articles we'll put it in a book or we'll sell it you know it's not been that it's been how do we how do we do this you know yeah the feeling i get from it is it's a huge collaborative labor of love Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, probably one, one way to put it because you just get that feeling from reading it. Yeah, yeah. I think the it, yeah, absolutely. Like you know, it, it's it's a collaboration between artists, between writers, and between the designers and the editors as well. So one other big thing about it that's completely different to anything else is that every single piece is treated like almost like its own work of art so mm-hmm. it gets its own art piece you know that's associated with it or sometimes a couple um but also not just that it's also uh, laid out 
completely differently to every other article. So each and every article is unique in the journal, laid out differently, different fonts, uh, you know, different layouts. Um, I said layouts like three times, but it gets it's, <laughs> it's different. They're all treated as individual pieces. They're not just like shoved onto a page as as, as they were written uh, with no thought given to it. it. Every single piece is, has had some thought given to it in terms of how it looks, how it reads. Because you know, there's there's some like uh, for instance, there's uh, Ben wrote a piece about the villains in Resident Evil, which is uh, something wicked. This way comes. Uh, it's a beautiful piece of Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, I believe that's how Alex would would say it. I think whatever Lady Dimitrescu. It it is now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's a lovely art art piece of her, but then the rest of the article is literally just text, but it's laid out in such a way that you know it's really interesting and varied to read. It's not just like reading like one big block of text. It is laid out in such a way. I keep saying laid out and laid out. Like what? I just need to think of different words for this. The different <laughs> components are arranged in order yeah, which is arranged comp- pleasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and it's unique to each piece that is in the book. Tom, yes. journal, lock on. <laughs> Buzzword bingo here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, absolutely. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and and like I said, I I even got like I got the first thing that I did for the whole thing was write my piece before I even became editor in chief, and even that which we did some because the first volume is based around the original PlayStation, and uh, about half the articles and stuff in there are based around that. So we had a bunch of retrospectives of original PlayStation games, and I did Silent Hill, and even that is it's my personal viewpoint of silent hill like remembering how i originally played it and uh you know where i played it and the thoughts and feelings i had when playing it it's not just me saying well silent hill is this and it does this this and this and this is what happens when you do this and this person made it that's in there to a degree but it's more to do with how i felt when i played it what it meant to me and the story about it um so that's what we want to do rather than just tell people what games are because you know we we figure that people are quite intelligent and they probably know what the games are already or if not they can go on google and have a look so we mm. so we just like we just want to say well this is how we feel about this or this is what uh, this is how it relates to this other completely different topic or this is you know all, all these different things and we will always strive to have that content in there and not the not content that you can find anywhere else so it's yeah it's it's a completely unique proposition to anything else i think that's out there at the moment i believe Mm. so yeah sure i mean you can you can release dates and technical specifications someone to death and it's going to be a dry read right whereas if you're saying here is my opinion of or my recollections of or in your in your uh, example there, Andrew. Here is I was this old, and it was released, and th- I remember where I was sitting. You know, I remember yeah. maybe um, the 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 feel of the carpet underneath my uh, underneath my hands or whatever. You know, what I mean, all those different mm-hmm. things. Right? It, it, yeah. it creates a a. It's it's better than a review because it's not a review. It's a, here is my like retrospective. Here's my my opinions of, well, maybe not opinions, but here's my description of the time that I, that time I played that game and that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like as well, like looking at games in that way, not necessarily as, so I, I feel like the review system that we have for, for games at the moment, that it's useful because you need to know how game plays and if you want to play it right. But it's done to death and mm-hmm. like, you don't mm-hmm. want to read that all the time. And I, and I find that, 
I would much prefer to read the opinions of somebody who enjoyed a game than reading somebody who was forced to play it and really hated it. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, so that's what we do with Steady. We always have recommendations rather than reviews because we want people to recommend. And similarly, you know, there'll probably be some criticism in Lock-On, of course there will be. Um, but it's it's for the most part, it's people writing about games that they really love and mm. that they want people to play or they want people to know this information about that is really interesting or, you know, or they want people to know how they found out about this game and how, what it felt like to play it. So yeah, it's it, it, it's much more about the positive side of gaming. I think we'll we'll of course we'll cover topics like you know the big topics. I'm sure we'll cover the abuse scandals and stuff like that because that's important to cover. Mm. But we're not just we're not forcing people to play a game to review it to to let people know if it was good or not. We want people to know lots of all, all sorts of different things about games and not just you know whether it got a seven out of ten or not so yeah, yeah. sure and like you say you know the review system is broken what does seven out of ten mean right if if you review 25 games and all of them are seven out of ten that means nothing right no right exactly. there's a there's a there's a podcast i listen to where they sit there where the hosts sit down and watch one of their favorite tv shows all the way through from beginning to end Every single episode has an 8.5 rating on it. <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. There, there's going to be good episodes. There's going to be bad episodes. There are going mm. to be good games or bad games. And if all you do is is give the same value to everything, it doesn't mean nothing. Right? No. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and uh, people treat scores differently as well, right? Like some people will see a 7 out of 10 and go, that's that's terrible. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to play that. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10's good. Like, mm-hmm. 5 out of ten's middle. Like, ah, uh, it's okay, I guess. You know, if it was a 4 or less, then I'd be, like, inclined maybe not to go for it. But people see 7s, sometimes even 8s, and they're like, oh, no, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So, no, that is good. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a 7 is, a like, a generally fairly good game. 8 is pretty damn good. 9 is wow that's really great and 10 is like you cannot that's unparalleled you cannot beat that that is amazing and people seem to have somewhere along the way they've they've just started to say oh well if it's seven or less then i'm just not going to bother like all right okay that's a really <laughs> weird way to look at review scores you're denying yourself the possibility of playing a really awesome game yeah plus yeah. plus that review score is entirely subjective that's what that mm. person thinks yeah. Right? And whilst you may appreciate that person's opinion, you can't get your own opinion unless you try it out yourself. Exactly. Same with yeah. movies, music, books, whatever. That's yeah. how I, that's how I ended with a cover of shame. That's how I got one of them. Yep. So mm-hmm. Yep. It's buying too many games and going, Oh, what's this? Oh my goodness, that's dreadful. Wait, why did I buy a video game with girls in bikinis on the cover? Oh wait, no, I get that one. <laughs> I, I ain't covered that one yet. No, no, he hasn't covered that. It's one. it's the kind of thing where you go, oh, this this looks interesting. Oh, for a fact that I've seen some gameplay and I go, this looks so bad. I need to try it myself. Yeah, there's there's an argument for so bad it's good, and I feel like yeah. a number of things that have a cult following end up like that, right? Like uh, the movie The Room, right? It's so bad it's good, right? Uh, or other thing, other things like that, right? But. I don't know. You you need to experience it yourself, right? If I go and have a meal and then I tell you, oh, it was brilliant. It doesn't actually tell, like just the word brilliant doesn't tell you anything. If I go on a roller coaster and I go, yeah, yeah, out of 10, that doesn't tell you anything either. I'm totally against numerical um, uh, uh, scores. I feel like I could I could go on a, a John style rant about them. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm no. not going to, but I, I could because it's all entirely subjective. It is. 
I, I do see the use. I do see the use in them for some people because you do. It's, it's an easy and quick way to go. Okay, well, if you look at like Metacritic or something, and everybody's given it like a certain score, and you go, okay, well, everybody genu- generally loves that game. But like something like Eurogamer, their score uh, that how they deal with scores, I think, is better because they do avoid. They don't give it a score, or it's like um, was it uh, recommended and something else. So it's almost like a five out of ten system, but if it's just an average game, they don't give it a score. They just don't give it anything. They just, mm-hmm. you know, so if it's if it's a really bad game, they'll tell you to avoid it. If it's a, an okay game, they just won't say anything about it other than the review. Uh, and then if they recommend it, then they'll go, yeah, this is recommended. But it's just recommended. It's not saying this is an eight or nine or ten out of ten game. They're just saying, you know, we play this and we would recommend other people to play it. And I think that's fairly okay. Like it's, you know, it, it's it's that it's not having that point score on it. It's it's literally just saying this person who reviewed it is recommending that you play this game because they liked it, which is what reviews are. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. And and yeah, that's how they should be. But it was when when people start adding numerical values, and because I get why they do it because then it's quicker for someone to read the numerical value. Like you said, oh, it's seven. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but okay. So, um, so you've said that Lock On has shipped for people who backed it. Is it still possible to buy Lock On now? I mean, we're talking now as of time of recording. Maybe not when it is released. I'm not sure. Uh, so yes, the soft cover we should have enough of to keep on the store for a little while. So fingers crossed when you're listening to this, whenever that is, there should still be some on the store. Um, and so that'd be the soft cover of volume one. And also the digital will still be there, of course, because, sure. you know, but uh, you can buy the digital on the store or it's now available on Steady as well. If you back at a certain tier on, so if you become a member at a certain tier, uh, you can get access to the digital copy as part of that membership. So yeah, something to consider. Uh, and that will all still be there. Uh, we will take, so with Steady, we will only make it the digital copy available for like three months. So the the idea is that uh, Lock-On is going to be quarterly. So every three months there'll be a new one. So when volume two comes out, on steady the link for volume one will disappear so but you can still buy you should still be able to buy the digital version on the store so that's my long way of saying yes it will be available to buy <laughs> buy it now <laughs> my long way of saying bing there's another one absolutely <laughs> so my only other question andrew is mm. how in the heck do you find the time um i don't know <laughs> i guess he does it, it because of the passion that you have for for gaming and the and the uh, the projects that you're working on, or is it just like I don't know? I'll take a lot of uh, cocaine and just power through. I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> coffee, cocaine, it's the same thing. Really. I, yeah, I like much, how yeah. I went straight to cocaine. No, it wasn't coffee. It wasn't Red Bull. It wasn't any kind of energy drink. No. Straight to cocaine. Straight to cocaine. Ding. You know you brought, you know, you, when it, look, we know where your mind's at. I couldn't get my words out there. That's not because I've been using cocaine. Um, yes, I. <laughs> It is coffee that fuels me, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's like I said earlier, I, I wasn't intending to do all this stuff. It's just stuff that, like, so, you know, I've got my book and, of course, I want to do that and finish that because it's it's a huge passion project for me and I love the Dreamcast so much. So, of course, I'm going to want to do that Dreamcast Junkyard on top of that because it's part of that whole thing. Um, and then, you know, 
I, honestly, when I saw John was doing lock on and stuff he was doing with Austin Cole, I was like, that's amazing. That's really cool. And I'd like to be part of it in some small way. And I was like, I'll be fine. I can just write every now and again. And it was actually, so I, earlier I, I said what my trajectory was from like nobody to editor in chief. And it, what it was is it was, uh, would you like to write uh, a piece for lock on? Yeah, sure. Great. Uh, could you give me some advice on Kickstarter? Cause you've done it before. Sure. Great. Can you give me lots more advice? Because I'm getting really worried about the Kickstarter because it hasn't funded for a while. Uh, you know, it, it funded like in the fourth week, I think, for lock on. So they were like, like the last like, day biting their nails. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like kind of giving some reassurance that, yeah, it can still fund in the last week. Don't worry. It's fine. It just sometimes has a lull. So it, was, it went from that. And he was like, okay, well, do you want to be a staff writer? Do you want to write each and every issue? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And then it was like, okay, well, I've been talking to you about this for ages. Do you want to be a technical director? Yeah, sure. Okay, I can do that. That's fine. And then it was like, oh, yeah, editor in chief. So it was almost like I would, I only wanted to do a little bit. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, as I realized the scale of the project and how great the project was as well and how much passion everybody had for it, especially John, of course, I was like, how can I not be more involved in this? This is like, uh, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to be mm. involved in something that means something. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, sure. So I, every time I got offered a different position, I was like, fine. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, to the point where I was suddenly editor in chief and having seven hour meetings with John about various <laughs> things. We literally had a seven hour meeting a couple of weeks ago. I'm not even uh, kidding. It was seven hours long. Wow. So, it, it, but that's a level of of commitment and passion that we all have to the project that we're well I say, I say we i'm apparently willing to sit and listen to john for seven hours. it's not how it honestly it's not so we, we were we were we were both talking but it was it was a, a huge meeting so yeah so, so you, you could boil that down to five words well, why did andrew get involved like a moth to a phlegm yeah <laughs> couldn't help myself couldn't help yourself at couldn't all. help myself yeah and the, the law of another podcast of course yeah i, I <laughs> I, I imagine that because it's quarterly, you, you sort of like you get it shipped out the door and in people's hands so they can read it and stuff, and then you all hibernate for two weeks. Well, not you, but everyone else will, and then you you start again on the next one. Yeah. Do you want to know what I'm doing after this podcast? Cocaine. <laughs> Probably going to need it. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm having likely another seven-hour meeting with John. Oh no! Because <laughs> we really need to. Because we're we're launching Kickstarter too very very soon and so we need to plan it and uh, and get it ready so uh so yeah sunday was our day to do that and uh john so happens to be working so when half four hits we're going to be having another meeting right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. put clown makeup on just to troll him and just stay okay. stock still so he thinks it's a picture and then I suddenly go i don't have hey. clown makeup but somewhere i do have a liquor mask i'll have to go find that that'd be that's sweet that's what yeah. you do we, we need a picture <laughs> of you wearing that for the show notes, I think. <laughs> okay. Somewhere in the attic is the problem. I'll have to go look for it. And I'm, I'm terrified of the attic now because I've been hit on the, the head with the door twice. So I don't go near the attic anymore. It's the liquor mask. That's what it was. It was trying to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scented liquor mask. God, no, don't. It, I'm going to have nightmares now. It's up there somewhere. <laughs> when in, when inanimate objects strike. Ding! There's another one. Oh, another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of fun here children but don't do drugs there you go you see no. we, none, none, and, of us, and, and, none of unless us unless they're drugs. legally allowed yeah like paracetamol a drug. Yeah. paracetamol coffee you know yeah ibuprofen those are all good Black they, of sleep. Yeah. 
Alcohol? Just me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lack of sleep. <laughs> what? It messes with your body chemistry. Vitamins, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are vitamins L- drugs? Can you class them as drugs? Lists of, many of things them, yeah. that are good for you. Ping. No, that's a terrible one. You wouldn't make that entertaining. Anyway, so, um, okay. So let's, because I'm conscious of the time, and you've just said that you've got another several hour meeting booked with John. That means you'll need to get up and have to do some stretches and, and get ready for that, I suppose. Nah, I'm some, worried yeah, about how that came out, but I mean like the stretch your legs and, you know, just like do some calisthenics, I think. That kind of yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. I think John won't mind if I do that. John John is constantly telling me he's in the bath. So if I if, if I tell him I'm doing some stretches, it should be fine. <laughs> Literally, that man lives in the bath. I don't... I don't I, something to ask him when he comes on the podcast next is why he has so many baths. Maybe he's is, is it filled with strawberries and, cl- and cream as well? <laughs> He did. He did actually once tell me that he had strawberries and cream in the bath. Like he's like, I'm just having a bath. He, he texts me from the bath. He's like, I'm having a bath, and I've got some strawberries and ice cream. And I was like, That's nice, John. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> I mean, well, oh, he's he, yeah, that, he's living the dream. Isn't that he text could have been a lot worse. Let's face it. <laughs> could have been. I'm having I'm having a bath with some strawberries and cream, and I've and that's the end of it because he's dropped his phone <laughs> in the bath, right? <laughs> So that's not such, that's not a problem anymore, right? Because phones are, are waterproof now. Can, can you imagine like 10 years ago when phones weren't, weren't waterproof? That would just be like Disastrous. the end of your phone. Yeah. yeah. Well, 10 years yeah. ago, if you had a Nokia 3310, you dropped it in the bath, your house would just be in rubble, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> the phone would be fine, but the house would fall to pieces. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. Well, with all of that said, what I'd like to say, Andrew, is thank you ever so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you uh, coming in and chatting with us. And I always uh, genuinely have a wonderful time chatting with you because it's yeah. lots of fun. Um, so thank you ever so much. Always always good to be on. Uh, it's uh, one more under the belt. That's Maybe it. when I get to 10, I can take over. I mean, if you really want to. Scratch, we need to book loads more people so that Andrew never gets to number 10 or someone else gets to number 10 before him. And then we can have like a gladiator style um, fight to the o- death. Audio your death match. Yeah. Audio death Bing. match. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare Reddit job for me, that. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, seriously, Andrew, it's been it's been a ton of fun. Um, so thank you ever so much. And I lo- I love hearing people's stories about um how how and why they are so passionate about the stuff that they do. Right. I just I just love it. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me and letting me harp on for like an hour about about lock on. Totally fine. Absolutely. Definitely. Totally fine. Definitely passionate about it though. And uh, yeah, and 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 all, all sorts of yeah. stuff in gaming. I mean, I mentioned it. I'll, I'll mention it at the end here, just because we mentioned Activision and stuff earlier. Uh, and one of the things that we're doing because we're passionate about games and and people uh, that we've said, although there are there is some coverage in Volume One because it was already printing. Uh, we're not covering. Activision, Blizzard, or Ubisoft until there's some major changes made in their structures and the things that they do, and somebody's been brought to account. So until we see that, we're not covering them because we feel that's the right thing to do. So mm. that's another that's another one of our ethos things is we we want to be, uh, you know, doing the right thing. Uh, which I think we think this is the right thing. And uh, we have offered as well our study uh, as a space for people if they want to uh, write about their experiences or they want to do a podcast um, about their experiences. 
as much as they want to do with or without our involvement, we're, we're just happy to be a platform for them. Um, so if they want that, then they can get in touch with us. Uh, I think it's publishing at lostincult.co.uk. Uh, if you have something you want to share about abuse in the gaming industry, uh, then we're here as a platform for you if you, if you want to use it. So that is that you see that that's what mm. i'm talking about being an ally right allowing people exactly. to step forward and say you know this is this is the support that i need or this is i just need to get this out there or whatever that's what being an ally looks like not mm. i'm wearing the t-shirt and then it, i take the t-shirt off and i stop being an ally you know what i mean yeah that's i, I, I yeah. love that i love that gotta do you've got to do something and uh you know we, we couldn't just sit back and do nothing and and on a more positive note as well just because i because i don't do this all the time but i want to shout out to the whole team who works in lost and cult and lock on because they've done a fantastically amazing job uh and so many i mean i could mention everybody but just to obviously john uh ben hey ho who has done an incredible job uh helping me bring it to the finish line for volume one and we've got some huge and exciting plans for volume two uh and really can't wait to share all that with you but uh thank you to everybody uh, and also thank you to everybody who supported us because we we wouldn't be here without you supporting our kickstarter and, and buying the journal so thank you and you too as well because you bought the hardcovers yay, yay. Uh, <laughs> so it's, thank you so much <laughs> it's what we bought and you know we've we've done our best to shout out about how awesome it is um to the three people who listen and the four followers yeah, on twitter but yeah yeah joe <laughs> <laughs> I have to get in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, we we genuinely believe, or at least uh, again, I'm, I can't speak for Scrooge, but I genuinely believe in the project that you've, that you are all uh, taking part in and you're putting together. So, uh, you know, I'm going to shout out about it because hey, this is a project that I really believe in, and I think you all should know about. You know, so thank you. So yeah, mm. excellent. Well. With that being said, um, thank you all ever so much for listening to another episode of The Waffle Intellers. Thank you, Andrew, for being on the show. Um, uh, Andrew, how can people uh, keep in contact with you and find out about what you're doing? Oh, okay. Uh, so you can find me personally at oddment 84 and then I'm just going to reel off uh, another bunch of, of ats for Twitter. So we've got at Lost in Cult, of course. Uh, we've got at Dreamcast Years, which is my personal thing for the book and for the Dreamcast Years podcast. And then there's at the DC Junkyard for the Dreamcast Junkyard. Uh, and uh, you can go to lostincult.co.uk to find out more about uh, Volume 1 of Lock On and to buy it if you really want to. And there's some links there for our Steady account as well. So if you want regular weekly new stuff, including podcasts edited by Squidge, Hey. Uh, then please come and subscribe to our uh, our study account. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, like I said, Andrew, it's been it's been loads of fun having you on. Uh, Squidgy, it is always a pleasure, my friend, my brother, because he is my brother. I don't just mm. say that because it's a cool thing to say, but he is. <laughs> um, and uh, if you've somehow found out about this show and you have, you're not a subscriber, don't be put off by the word subscribe. It is free. Head over to wafflingtailors.rocks. And there will be a link in the in the podcatcher. There's loads of buttons there for finding out how to listen for free, because uh, it is free. We put this out for free for everybody. Um, there will be a button in the uh, in the show notes that you're reading through whilst you're listening. We'll take you to the full one, which will have loads of extra things in there um, when I write them, and uh, and maybe some cool artwork. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and there'll be a link to all of the episodes that Andrew has been on. Uh, this will be the sixth one, so you'll have lots of things to listen through if you're interested in what Andrew has to say. Um, and there'll also be every time, one of the things that, that's missed on a lot of people is if you go through to the website, go to the, pay, the like the show notes on the website for each episode, 
it lists all of the games that we've mentioned and you can click one of those games to find out all of the other episodes that we've mentioned that game on. So you can follow our discussions of a title all the way through. So that's all on waffleintailers.rocks. He's, he's very proud of that. Well, I've put loads of effort into it and it's all it it's be. all automatically generated as well because I'm awesome. that smart. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> lazy. Is that lazy? Sorry. Well, I wasn't lazy when I put it together, but I am lazy now. But yes, exactly. it is, it's all, it all does it all itself. It's wonderful. Um, so there's, uh, if you want to find out more about us on Twitter, Waffling Tailors, Facebook, Waffling Tailors, I believe YouTube, Waffling Tailors, and Twitch, Waffling Waffling Tailors. When we all get back. Twailers. That's it, Waffling Tailors. New podcast. (laughs) Twailers on the moon. We carry a harpoon. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) That's the one. Um, When Squidge and I, we've had some stuff going on this year. When Squidge and I are both back on our feet, I'm definitely going to be doing some more streaming. I can't say for Squidge, but we'll find out. Um, And so keep an eye on the Twitch thing. And we will be talking more about Lost in Cult because we're going to talk to uh, uh, Jason. And we're going to see if we can talk to John as well. But obviously, he's a busy gentleman. You know, we're going to try and catch him when he's not so busy. Um, if there's anyone else, yeah, yeah. Or he's in the bath, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're podcasting from bath. Bing. Oh, God. It's getting worse. Podcast. Bing. No. Uh, All right, but- I've got one. We'll be throwing about. Andrew, the digital enabler. Bing. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what happens th- in that one? <laughs> you you just enable people digitally. Well, I didn't didn't we say in one of the earlier episodes? Uh, I think it was uh, the first, the one about the first uh, Dreamcast Years book. About whilst we were recording it, I was looking on eBay to buy a a new secondhand mini yeah. disc player, yeah. and then yeah. you turned into like the little demon on my shoulder, the technology demon. Yep, I remember that. Buy it, buy it, buy it. <laughs> yeah that's that's the new podcast then okay i'm uh i'm gonna get some artwork and some music made for that and, uh... <laughs> excellent you're excellent. welcome <laughs> well with all of that said thank you all so much for listening uh, thank you andrew for being on the show again and uh thank you scritch bye bye everybody bye Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.